Yes, indeed it is. You better, you bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, awesome to be here with you on the BetQL Network, where every game is Game 7. No hot take BS on this show. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. And we are coming to you live today uh, from all the usual spots, the Odyssey app, the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by the studs at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern. We're on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. And we're on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash BetQL, plus radio stations nationwide, including Sirius 217 and XM205. As Ken and I bring you the wagertainment, we're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sports books, the great people over at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM. Dot com And do so on this T3. Three words and they all start with the letter T. Of course, tremendous. Football and Thursday. October 26, 2023. Our show's on Twitter, at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram, at the Costos. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. He's on X literally at this very moment right now. Living, living a crazy lifestyle, our guy Ken Barkley. On X, at Lockie. Lockerson. And on this tremendous football Thursday, we're going to bring you four phenomenal guests. Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports. Big Churn and I texted earlier about Thursday night football. I think Big Churn's going to have some stuff for us, some props maybe on the Bills and the Bucks, and the rest of his looks coming up for Week 8 in the NFL. We'll get props for the weekend in the National Football League from our friend Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts. We look forward to that. We will get college football bets for this weekend, baby, as well as like a State of the Michigan Wolf Wolverines football program, and maybe a little Detroit Lions on Monday night against the Raiders when we're joined by Joey Kanish, pro sports better in hour number three. And then leading off the power hour tonight will be our good friend Evan Silva from Establish the Run. Evan texting me a little earlier, a bunch of bets that he's got specifically for tonight's game. And people will remember Niners-Giants in week three. Evan wanted to ring the bell with Ronnie Bell, first touchdown scorer. That got home. Evan will be giving us a first touchdown scorer for tonight at long odds. Absolutely long love it when he joins us to begin the power hour at six o'clock eastern time so four phenomenal guests on today's show plus it's thursday p squared p squared nfl awards with the award betting goat our guy he's on x the great ken barkley locky lockerson is their value betting coach of the year right now in the national football league how about defensive player of the year we're like shit the pricing maybe seems like a little off to me atop three studs atop the market here. What about TJ Watt? Same price as Micah Parsons. Fascinated to hear Ken's breakdown of Defensive Player of the Year. We'll run through all the markets, all the award markets in the National Football League in hour number one. And as we move along in the program, it is also Thursday, and you know what that means. I guess it's still Thursday, I should say. It remains Thursday, and you know what that means. Day four of Lochmas. And on the fourth day of Lochmas, Santa gave to us nothing. He's got coal for you under the stocking. That's because the Grinch showed up at your house to take all the presents. I am the Grinch, and I ain't talking Alex. Feliz Naritov with the narrative bets for this weekend in college football. We got a couple certified bangers for you, including in the Pac-12 with USC. We will talk about it coming up later in the program. Uh... We, we live to serve you, dear listener and dear viewer, and we hear you loud and clear. You want bets of steel a little earlier in the show when we've got a billion hockey games going on. We will do our best to oblige you over the course of the NHL season once there's a million more things going on in the world of sports, but today we definitely can. 5.40 p.m. Eastern time before we get to the power hour. Bets of steel for a loaded slate on the ice. We'll give you our bets, side total and props in all the games. Bets of steel, 5.40 p.m. Eastern time, and in the power hour, the final hour, our bets for tonight's NBA slate. 
the NBA, fantastic. No James Harden for the Sixers as they travel to Milwaukee to play the Bucks. And then uh, our pal Shams announcing about a half an hour ago, oh, yeah, you were you were excited for this Suns-Lakers game in Los Angeles? Well, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker are both not going to play, and Kevin Durant's going to be like Jon Snow in that famous gif from the Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones, pulling out the sword as the entire Lakers team rushes towards him. Maybe Eric Gordon will chip in with some help. I can't wait to talk props for that game coming up in the final hour. The Power Hour, Suns, Lakers, and Sixers, and Bucks, every single angle covered. And, of course, Week 8 in the National Football League kicks off tonight in Western New York, and we will bring you all our bets for that game. Side total and props, the updated injury information where we, th- we think Baker Mayfield and Chris Godwin are going to play, but we'll bring you that information as we have it towards the end of the show and all our bets and analysis. Week 8 in the NFL, Thursday Night Football as the Buffalo Bills host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We got a lot to do. We're locked and loaded. Very busy time of the year in sports, and we absolutely love it. Ken Barkley, how's it going? I'm good. I was I was typing in the chat just some interesting line movement on this uh, this Thursday Night game. I kind of thought we were done like, okay, like seven and a half to nine and a half, like those Buffalo sevens early in the week, those were funny, but this is kind of where we're going to be. And like a couple places just went to 10 on the game. So like, we might not be done, might see 10, maybe see 10 across the board by the time the game starts. Uh, the total still kind of holding in this 43 and a half, 44 range. Obviously not, not sure how many points Tampa can score in the game. If Baker's healthy and Buffalo's defense has been a little vulnerable, maybe, but just an interesting line move kind of right before the show. A couple places go to 10 on that game. Seems like there's just so much interest in Buffalo in like a, a very, very obvious get right kind of a situation short week after a really bad run of form against a team that like can't run the ball and has a terrible coach and has Baker Mayfield on the road and they're sort of a raucous crowd. So that's interesting. Not sure if you have anything on that. Otherwise, we can talk about NBA from last night. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I not much on that. Uh, just like, let's see what happens with the injury report later. Um, I don't. I'm guessing, like, all the reports said Baker and Godward are going to play. Maybe this is pessimism, and I and I don't think this guy's really, like, a spread impact player. But in this game, it, it might be the difference between 9.5 and, and 10. Like, if we feel like Vita Vea is not going to play for Tampa, like Spacey, yeah. they're in the middle of their defensive line. Like, he's a really important player to their defense. Didn't practice all week. He's listed as questionable, being called a game-time decision. So my guess, Ken, would be, other than, like, organic interest in Buffalo, like, maybe that's what's potentially, if, like, people are, like, ahead of potential information on Vita Vea. I'm not like reporting that just like that's my thought when you ask me like any thoughts like that would be it maybe we don't see Vita Vea makes Josh Allen and James Cook and Latavius Murray's Murray's job a lot easier sure yeah it makes a lot of sense uh I did want to because we're you know it's so funny the NBA's started obviously and you know we we haven't had like that much time in the show to react because we're still like full NFL week ton of guests hockey's going on uh lockmas every day with college football stuff so there isn't all this space like there will be in january february to just be like hey how about nba last night and just like things that we think were interesting so just maybe even just in the rest of this segment before we do awards like what like what was interesting to you i'm guessing you watched a lot of the Knicks celtics game that's probably where some of your interest is going to be from things that you saw last night we had a funny text conversation you me and tyler about signing up for league pass on youtube tv to get the quad screens and have all the uh, the seven o'clock games on at the same time which was very fun but uh like give me something that you saw last night that you saw what you thought was interesting even if it was just uh just your Knicks. well well here's something that i think is interesting i think i need to get youtube tv right. and i think i need yes. to do it interesting tonight. or essential Right. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> just from, like, and this, I am, like, a big-time boomer. I still pay for cable. Like, the pictures that you guys sent of your setups, it's like you're at, like, you're literally, like, at a sports book, and it's yeah. in your house. I need this. So, I yeah. will be I will be doing that for sure. How about, I'll give you thoughts, Ken, on two games, and I will spit it forward to a bet tomorrow night. 
that I already like in the NBA. I think, now, I think it's going to be this. I bet it's the same team. I just have like a feeling that it's going to be the same team. Is it a team that uh, lost last night? It is. Yeah. It's is it a team that you liked that before the year? Night. It is. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know who they're playing, and I, I'll, I'll slam it tomorrow. Oh, I see who oh. they're playing now. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah. I, I stole your okay. thunder a little bit. No, you didn't at all. In fact, I think like it's pretty awesome that you were able like to put like, like connect the dots there with like very minimal information. Well, I was thinking the same. Okay. Oh, awesome. So I, I'm a Knicks fan, obviously. So like I watched the game last night and the Knicks lose to the Celtics and like a pretty annoying end game where they can't make a free throw. Randall's brutal. Uh, Brunson's brutal in the game also. Quickly's great. Uh, honestly, like as a Knicks fan, I'm like really encouraged by that performance. Like they, they should have beaten the Celtics and maybe should have beaten them like going away. Like Boston dominated the first quarter. Porzingis played great and like good on him. I, I thought the Knicks played really well. If they make their free throws, they win the game easily. So I'm actually encouraged by the Knicks. But Randall and Brunson both shoot really poorly. And then, Ken, I think the team that you're referencing, the other team, the team that I liked going into the year that lost last night is the Atlanta Hawks. So they lose on the road in Charlotte and like LaMelo looks pretty decent. And Mark Williams, who I think like you and Tyler both loved last year, right, from Duke. Yeah. Mark Williams looks like an – and you're – I about – by the way, Derek Lively is an absolute stud also for the yeah, Dallas we'll Mavericks. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we yeah. can talk about that in a second tier. But um, Atlanta loses last night to Charlotte. Doesn't score a ton of points. Trey Young's brutal shooting the ball last night. DeJounte Murray's brutal shooting the ball last night. So on Friday night, tomorrow night, and there are no lines for these games yet, the Knicks are playing in Atlanta. And, like, I don't care what the total of the game is. I would like to bet the over in that game. Yeah. Just, like, without even knowing what it is. So there's just, like, a quick thought for you, Ken, from last night that we can, like, t move forward here. Both teams shot terribly. The Stars shot terribly. I would think we get a better effort from both teams offensively. Um, and I, I think the Knicks will probably win tomorrow night also. So that's my Knicks-Hawks thing. That's that's my first answer for you. Yeah, I had uh, I had Trey Overs circled for tomorrow night in that game for sure. Like, terrible performance and gets to play the Knicks, who eat, like, disembowels all the time when they play each other well, uh which is really funny to be so. fair that's when like he gets like, his oh yeah superpowers they just happen to play there a lot versus playing in atlanta i mean they just they, they played a lot of games and he's shot like a billion free throws he still didn't score very many points uh i'll give you a couple things i thought were interesting the celtics Knicks game was like it was a really fun game also it lasted three hours and that's just i can't I can't with game, NBA games like that when they just go on and on and on. And it's, it's just like, and the Celtics were going like, to win on, for a lot of it. Yeah. Like I just ate reviews, got six, you know, different flop fouls called like six flops in the same game. Just like outrageous. Just a couple like treetop things from last night. The among NBA like writers, like just people who cover the league, not betters. Uh, the team that they were all kind of unanimously the most excited about coming into the year just watching was the Pacers that came across in like everything that you read and they played to be fair to like you know sort of not get overreacting to the game they played the worst team in the league definitely going to be the worst team in the league this year Washington and Indiana played them at home and that's obviously a very choice plus matchup for them and despite that though like I, wa I watched the game like I had it on in the quad with everything else with four games on your eye was just constantly drawn to Indiana with the breakneck pace that they run. Bruce Brown is going to be electric on that team. It's like him and Matherin and healed and Halliburton and like the balls flying all over the court. Like, it's just, I don't know if they're going to win a ton of games because when they play good teams, what happens probably allow a lot of points, but they're just really fun. And they're like a one in terms of like, if they're playing on a given night, a Wednesday or a Friday and it's busy, 
then I'm interested. And obviously, like, and you, Nick puts a good point in the chat, like Rick Carlisle's extension got announced today. Be like, oh, 143, 120, huh? Here you go, buddy. Like, here's the suitcase of money. And, and they uh, were I mean, probably going to extend him anyway, but it was right. like, yeah, like, oh, oh, like, what? this is what oh. it's going to be. Here's your money. <laughs> here you go. Oh, 143. Oh, okay. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the contract. So, you know, they score a billion points. Maybe it's going to be against bad teams that can't handle their pace. That's kind of what happens. Maybe Carlisle wins enough to win coach of the year. I'm still skeptical they're going to win enough games. Like, they feel like a 42-win team or something. He won't win if they win that few games. But, like, they're really fun. Uh, and then a couple other notes just, like, again, like, everyone talked themselves into Minnesota at the start of the year as, like, this team that's, like, they're on to something. Like, this is it. Like, I have Toronto as my side. I think Toronto's actually going to be pretty good this year. It was not a fun game to watch at all. It was actually miserably boring. And there was no, it was the lowest scoring game of any game that took place last night. Um, but the Timberwolves lose their opener. Edwards plays well. No one else does. And it's just like, oh, like kind of like Atlanta. Like, oh, <laughs> really? Like with these two teams, we're going to just kind of do this again. Um, so that one stood out to me. And then I'll, I'll give you one more. We could go in 500 directions. We could do Wembenyama after this if you want to. But uh, Cade Cunningham, we bet his like triple double. It was like 90 to one. Like I, I didn't expect him to get a triple double. He played phenomenally last night the final five minutes of the game especially like crunch time when you need like a star to win a lot of these games especially on the road played well enough to win he had a three to win the game at the end against miami that he missed and uh really like kept them in the game for the entire entire fourth quarter he finished with 30 a number one pick has never won most improved player before it's one of the reasons why i never bet him before the year to do it it just i don't think people people are like oh number one pick like you this isn't a category for you like you're a number one pick you should be winning mvps and you know making first team all nba and stuff but just the trajectory his career is gone like great first year like 18 7 and 7 something like that hurt almost all of last season i kind of got to thinking like well what if everybody bricks like the other players that people think are going to win and he averages like 28 points a game or something, and they're pretty good. Like, would they ever give it to him? Like, would they ever, like John Morant won, he was a number two pick. So just like kind of interesting, he's been among the favorites, like in that 10 to 15 to one range with Mikhail Bridges, who won't win, and Maxi who won't win, and Austin Reeves, who won't win. But like, he's been in that range, but you you saw it last night. Like, we bet the triple-double prop, like who cares? It was a couple bucks at 90 to one, but you you saw it where you're just like, right. Like, yeah, he was the number, like, you forget he was the number one pick, and he's awesome. So it just, I know they lost, but that kind of stood out to me, too. And, like, and great job by you, like, with the Pistons. Like, almost winning the game outright is a huge yeah. dog uh, on the road it to It looked Miami. a little shaky. Great bet. It did. They were down big in the third quarter, and I was like, oh, I, I guess not. And then again, like, why did they come back? Like, Cade was awesome. I mean, really, like, you time. wanted to watch. It was Cade time. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is just, like, a one-game blip. And I know I only know this because I have him on hashtag my season long fantasy basketball oh, no. team. Or, or, how do you pronounce it? So it's a, uh, how do you pronounce the two Thompsons first names? Amen uh, and Amen and Osser. Yeah. Osser had five blocks last night. They're both really good. Everybody yes. says now that they're both going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's okay. do Wem let's uh, do Wembenyama after the break for a little bit. I, I yeah. would love nothing more. So we will do that on the other side. I, I'd be honest, like, we do, like, a whole hour on the yeah. NBA if we want. Nikki, Lockie, side, and Wemby. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Enough with Wemby already. I'm over the Wemby nickname. Rebound Jones. Chance for San Antonio. Wemby, the deep catch, the turn, and the flush. Plus the foul.
Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. It's my fellow Florida Ryan, Ryan Rucco on the call there. I can, Ryan does a great job. I'm good on Wemby. Good on the Wemby stuff. Ryan does an awesome job. Now in the number two role for ESPN, congratulations to him and J.J. Redick and Richard Jefferson and that crew. Uh, that the call from last night, Victor Wembenyama's in, or Wemby. 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 Webster. Wemby Stadium. Wemby, Wemby, Wemby. Uh, made his NBA debut last night as the Spurs fall to the Dallas Mavericks at the end of the game. Like, a really entertaining. This was like, I'm trying to go to sleep. and like, I know I need to go to sleep because yep. I'm exhausted. Right and, there with you. you know, can't, you know, because this really, like, generational prospect is making his debut and he's playing awesome in the fourth quarter and they might win the game. So stayed up to watch the end of the game. They do lose at the end. Luke and Kyrie kind of take over the game. And just like... Ken, I'll give you the floor here to talk about Wembenyama, who finishes, is in foul trouble basically the entire game. Finishes with 15 points, five boards, um, two steals and a block. Had like an early block, had like a pull-up three in transition. Just like, this guy's an alien. Two things. Number one, hey officials, no one paid to see you. No one wants to see you. No one wants to see any other player in the game, including Luka and Kyrie, and they're, they're great. We all want to see Wemby. Also, hey Jeremy Sohan. Hey Kelton Johnson. Hey, Devin Vassell, how about at the end of the game, you give the people what they want? Can we pass the frickin' ball to Wembenyama at the end of the game instead of playing hero ball and, like, having the ball stolen? Like, can Wemby get the ball with a chance to win or lose? I'm not even saying that as, like, a uh, like a basketball guru, like they should have given him the ball. Just, like, I wanted to see it, and I didn't get to see it because those guys wanted to play hero ball. Also, hey, Greg Popovich. Get a haircut, buddy. You'll look ridiculous. Uh, Ken, your thoughts last night on Victor Wembanyama? <laughs> but he's pop. They're gonna they're gonna be. Uh, I have their under. Was very happy that they lost the game, obviously, because I would like to win that bet, and I need them to lose a lot of games to win that bet. But they're gonna be fun, man. They're gonna be they're gonna be fun losers. They're exactly what they were last night. That's what they're gonna be. Crowd this year. was ramped and, up, man. That was oh, a juiced yeah. up crowd. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. And. uh and you might look at the score and be like, oh, they're going to play shootouts all year. I think it's a lot more about what Dallas does, which is to not play defense whatsoever and score a million points, which was their MO last year, especially once they got Kyrie. Like, they're going to draw teams into games like this. And you saw Luka push the pace a lot last night. That was like a big point of emphasis for him coming into the season. So I, I don't know if the Spurs are always going to be this fun. Like, you look at them on paper and like they they may not play games like this all the time. But on Wembenyama, like it's he he played I mean, if you watch the game, you're like, where is he? He played 23 minutes, 23 minutes. And it's obviously almost all of that was dictated by foul. Tr- not all of it, but almost all of it was dictated by foul trouble. And you just, you, you kind of salivate over the idea of, I mean, if you could ever get him on the court for 30, 35 minutes in a game against a, you know, a team with like a, even a mediocre defense, what are we going to see? Like what's going to, what's going to happen? I mean, you saw, like the flashes last night, similar to what we saw in the preseason, but obviously the final stat line is not particularly compelling. And until the, like the final eight minutes of the game, it was way less compelling than that. Um, And then he kind of starts scoring a little bit, but you just, you see it all. And it might be, you know, you might look and be like, Oh, like only 15 points. Like maybe he won't win rookie of the year. And just as like somebody who watched that game and watched all the other rookies play and then like rewatched some of the other rookies play to be like, okay, like first instant, first glance at like all these guys, yeah, man, like he he winning, <laughs> like he's he's winning. Like I don't I don't care. Like at fifteen five and two, I don't care at all. I mean, I care zero percent. Um, 
and, the, and there was, you know, another really like promising rookie, Derek Lively, playing for the same game for Dallas and his odds like dropped to win rookie of the year and be like, what do you think he is versus what, what Wembenyama is like a generational player who's like the primary, well, going to be the primary option on the team eventually. And is like the best defensive player on the team. And Derek Lively is like an awesome rim runner. Like that's all it, like he had whatever eight field goals. Like they were all dunks on alley-oops. Like that's what he had. So it's just like there's a there's a difference here. Would I mean. In 23 minutes, I was just like, cool, not going to bet this market for the rest of eternity unless he gets hurt. Um, just, you know, confirmed everything I thought. And he didn't even play much and he didn't even play awesome. And uh, and yet still you just watch and you go, I mean, if I'm thinking this, everybody who votes is thinking this too. Just like we're going to give it to somebody else, really, after watching this stuff. So I think that's that's kind of where I'm at on that. A lively, by the way, 66 to 1, just just for context, to bet MGM. Wembenyama right. minus 145. Uh, Trent Holmgren is plus 350, who like, what were the odds like any Yikes. NBA player this season get, like gets crossed over to the point that they fall down by Andre Drummond? What are the chances that that? I thought happens? he was hurt. Like, <laughs> like, I actually thought so he like, was like seriously injured. He's Chet Holmgren. That's why. Yeah. I agree. And like people, and he looks are, like a spaghetti also, noodle. Yeah. I saw like I didn't see it live, and I saw it on Twitter. Someone tweeted like, "Oh no, Chet!" And then right. I see the play, and I see him fall, and I'm like. Oh no! Like did he like tear his Achilles or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I had the same exact experience you did uh, right. watching that. Uh, Scoot Henderson doesn't have a great game for Portland. They get housed by the Clippers. Whatever. He's plus four fifty. Brandon Miller played well for Charlotte. They beat Atlanta. He's thirty to one. Right. But I mean, Wembenyama should obviously be the favorite. I guess the last thing that I have, Ken, on NBA, and then we'll we'll start with NFL MVP. Um, do we need to be like taken out? Taking out loans to bet Cam Thomas six man after last night, like hashtag was Tyler right? Cam Thomas with thirty six last the night off the bench for the That's Nets. That's the only thing I wish we, we did it. I was air? putting my, I was put, I put my kids to bed and I was texting you guys. I literally like was going through the prop markets for all the games, making sure like I didn't miss anything. And I and Tyler and you and I are on a chain. And Tyler, like big Tam, big Cam Thomas guy. Obviously, people who listen to the show from last year remember that. It wasn't the show years ago. Remember that when he was at LSU. And I see his points prop. And I didn't, I like, didn't have a great feel for like their rotation or what the plan was. And I just put it in the chat. I go, Cam Thomas nine and a half. Like, is he like not playing? Like, what are they doing? And Tyler was like, Oh no! Like he, like he's if he plays, he's gonna score. I looked up a bunch of articles, just like, yeah, like he's he's gonna play like a lot. He's gonna come off the bench. He just can't defend very much. And he just so his points props nine and a half. There were no like his points prop was so low that sports books weren't, weren't offering like ladders on him. You couldn't do 20, 25, 30. you could do 20, which paid a lot. It paid like four to one for him to have 20 points. Couldn't no 25, no 30, no 35, not even offered for him. And I mean, they lose, but like, I mean, just like a, a crusher scoring performance. So you asked about so six man. Sorry, you're gonna make me talk about this. Six man is really, really it's it's always interesting. Because until you see the rotations, until you see like what coaches are actually going to do, you just don't know anything. And then you see like who some of these coaches are playing and you just go like, oh, that guy makes a lot of sense as like a six man. Oh, that guy makes a lot of sense. Oh, they're going to do that. Like, that's what this is going to be. And do I think that's going to happen the whole year? So it's all very interesting. The only problem is six man almost always goes to a team that wins a lot. And they're not going to win a lot. They're actually going to lose a lot, probably. In fact, no one is, I don't think anyone's ever in the history of the award won going under 500. And like, but at the same time, 
if they're under 500, I mean, has anybody averaged 30 a game off the bench? Has that ever even happened before? You think he'd start at some point? So it's, I agree with you. Like, I thought about it too. Like, what do I want to do? And to be fair, Dallas, we just did that game. They brought Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench last night. He had the biggest drop in. I got texted about it by somebody last night. Like, hey, do you see this? Like, his six man odds are going to get bet a lot. And they did. They plummeted. I mean, he was 80 to one. He's like 18 to one right now to win six man of the year. Because if Dallas does this, and he plays as the sixth man, like he's going to score a billion points. He's going to come and score 20 points a game off the bench. So like that changed too. I I want guys on teams that are going to win a lot. That's the common thread in the history of the award, no matter how tantalizing some of these scoring performances are. So like Hardaway plays great. Everybody bets him. Camp Thomas plays unbelievable. Everybody bets him. Do we think either of those teams are winning 50 games this year? Like, do we really think that's happening? Like, that's the team that I want. Until, until Cam Thomas is averaging 30 a game in January, and then maybe I'll change my mind. Well, tired would be Cam Thomas, sixth man of the year. Wired will be when Jared Allen comes back for the Cavs. Max Struz, sixth man of the year. After God, 27 or points Karis Levert. Levert shot. How many times Levert shoot the ball? Is it 20 shots last night? He yeah, made like there. two of them, but geez. It's kind of it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, it was a great discussion on the NBA. I guess we could, we could move on. We could do oh, a lot man. more, but we, we should move on yeah. for now. It's, uh, that's, that's like just an appetizer. There's I guess, You don't want to overreact to stuff. It's just, it's fun to see the start of things. Like, oh, Indiana's fun. Wembenyama's a guy. Like, you know, Derek Lively's should play every minute available for the Mavs the rest of the season versus the other players. Just like, you start to see some things, you go like, oh, okay. Like, oh, the, the Hawks, whoops. Like, the Timberwolves, whoops. You know, like, you start to see some of that stuff. And, uh, and it's just all really interesting. Give me, just give me 10 seconds here. Like, do you agree with my thought on the Knicks that they were impressive in defeat last night, or am I, like, way off base on that? The only thing I'd be, well, I can agree with you, but also be like, I don't know if that's predictive of, like, they play really well against the Celtics all the time. So there's there might be something about how those two teams fit together that's really, we, we didn't even talk about Porzingis, by the way, but there's something about how those two teams fit together that just is, like, pro-Knicks. Like, they kind of have something for the Celtics. I don't know if that's necessarily predictive of, like, over a whole season or in the playoffs against somebody who's not Boston, like, that that means something, but... Yeah, like they they played pretty well considering like their stars did not shoot very well. It was a fun game to watch, and, and Porzingis was like the star of the show, like laughing and pointing. And I was, I've never even seen him do stuff like that. And like honestly, like good for him. Like the Knicks fans chanting like "F Porzingis." Like I, I honestly, like grow great up. jokes like, on for, them. Like, like, but right, like what yeah. did like also like what did he do? Like the organization was his fuck. I I I think all of this is so stupid. Also, like starting to get to the age where like I want to have a kid soon. Ken's got a couple kids. Like I want to take my son to an NBA game if I have a son, and it's gonna be like people are taking half points. This is how I know I'm really old. When it's like grow, like grow up, grow up. Like come on. Why I hate going to games. Anyway, you better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a uh, tremendous football Thursday. Gave you a ton just now on the NBA opening night last night. Now let's turn our attention to some NFL awards. Uh, we'll get to Offensive Player of the Year in a moment. The market was down, Ken, at least when I was looking before the show. Uh, Tyree Kill back at practice today for Miami. Mm. I'd like to sue. I, I, I think Tua should have to serve like a night ago after overnight in jail for, for what he said yesterday. <laughs> Like you just have to spend Even just for scaring everybody, I wasn't. We weren't saying to bet things. Like we weren't. I we I was the one being like, let's make sure he's out. Because if he and like have a plan if he's out, like cover some guys that you don't have. Cool. Like, but I'm not. I wasn't like jam McCaffrey. Like that wasn't gonna happen. So uh, I'm I. The word I would use to describe this is relieved. Like I win the most money on Tyreek by far. He is way ahead right now. I would like him to play. So if he's going to play. Awesome. Really glad that that's the result of this. 
All right, so we'll do Offensive Player of the Year in a second. But time now for P-Squared, B-Squared Awards. We'll start with MVP. Jake Fade, the music up. Ken, your favorite to be NFL MVP right now, which should surprise no one, is uh, Patrick Mahomes, who had like a great statistical game last week. And the Chiefs just keep on winning and will probably win the Super Bowl. But that's a story for February. This is a story for right now. Mahomes plus 250. Uh, Co-favorites in second behind him, Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa, both at plus 450. Lamar Jackson is 7-1. to one. Josh Allen, who plays tonight against Tampa, is 10 to 1. Brock Purdy drops to 14 to 1, may not play this weekend. Although, Adam Schefter started to like walk it back a little bit after the show last night. We'll see what happens with Brock Purdy coming up this weekend for the Niners Bengals game. Trevor Lawrence and Christian McCaffrey, both at 25 to 1. Jared Goff is 33 for the Lions. And then Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, all at 50 to 1 at BetMGM. Ken, how are you betting right now, if at all, NFL most valuable player? Well, I think, you know, you, you want to ask a couple questions first. But by the way, the Purdy thing and Tyreek, it's like I almost want to be like, are we sure Deshaun Watson's out? Do we want to call somebody and like make sure that he's not actually going to play? Just everything that like you thought could happen yesterday is now like, ah, actually, you know, not sure. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK, great. I'm going to go watch some more NBA games. Uh, so with this market, you obviously want to ask, uh, do you think you have a vulnerable favorite? Uh, the favorite is the best player of all time who's having one of the two best seasons, probably him and Tua would be your like kind of, a, you know, statistically like they're having the two best seasons by a quarterback right now. Uh, is his team good? Oh, well, they're the best team. Uh, okay. Kind of sounds like he should be the favorite. Kind of sounds like that makes a lot of sense. And it's like, well, do you want to bet him right now? Well, no, because like, again, when we're going to do all these awards and people, I think, have gotten used to the idea that it would be silly if every single week there was like five players in every market that you would want. Like think of how many bets you'd have at the end of the year and think about how stupid that would be. And you'd have bets on every player or something. So I think in this, like with this week's version like of MVP. It's a good hashtag sports betting content strategy though. To well, do yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's like, it's kind of like golf outrights or like awards <laughs> and, and future, like NCAA basketball is starting soon. And you'll see people be like, well, I bet this team to win the tournament and be like, yeah, what about the other 17 teams you bet to win the tournament? And like, well, I'll just edge out of them. That's like what everybody always says. Well, I can always edge. Be like, yeah, but you're down 16 units from the other teams. <laughs> so like, what are you getting out of the 17th one? Like, how's that working? And then it, and then it wins and be like, called it. Like, it's like, okay. Well, like, that's what these awards kind of work like. Well, I like this guy. Well, now I like this guy. Well, now I like this guy. Be like, like, I'm gonna tell you what I bet the whole time. I'm telling you, like, I got Joe Burrow in this market. Like, that's what I got. And the really interesting thing is if Sam Darnold is going to play, and you like the Bengals in that, this is an if you like a team, then blank. If you like the Bengals in that game, then he ain't going to be 45 to 1 much longer in a bunch of places because they're going to beat the Niners. And that's going to be the toughest game on their schedule. And now what? And now is he 45 to 1 and Brock Purdy's 14 if he doesn't play? So the, the Purdy injury has another application, which is if it makes you want to bet the Bengals, you like the Bengals in the game anyway, then Burrow is the price that is the most likely to drop. Like the rest of the order is pretty straightforward. We can talk about a couple more things with it uh, when we come back from the break, but you don't have a vulnerable favorite. It's going to be easy to price because it's the good quarterbacks on the good teams who have big numbers. That's easy to figure out. And you're kind of just left to be like, who can enter that conversation? Or later in the year, how do you tell the difference between those players? And with, with so little data right now, we haven't played as many games, you're not going to be able to do the second one. You're just trying to figure out, can someone else kind of get in the conversation? And the five players at the top of the market, Mahomes a touchdown favorite, Hurts about a touchdown favorite, Tua almost a 10-point favorite, Lamar almost a 10-point favorite, Allen about a 10-point favorite uh, in the MVP race coming up for this weekend in the NFL. On the other side, more NFL MVP, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. 
Fox Sports, courtesy of the call. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and company coming off the bye in San Francisco this weekend to try and knock off, we think, Sam Darnold and the 49ers. But we'll see what the practice reports have to say about Brock Purdy and concussion protocol over the course of the next couple days. We'll talk Joe Burrow and NFL MVP in just a second. But to remind our live audience, we'll be uh, simulcast on Stadium coming up in 20 minutes. And we'll be joined next hour by Adam Chernoff, by Connor Allen, Joey Knish hour number three. Evan Silva joins us in the power hour from Establish the Run. And we'll give you all our bets for tonight over the course of the show in hockey with Bets of Steel, NBA two games tonight, and of course, side total and props for Thursday Night Football with the Bills and the Buccaneers. But for now, we continue on P-squared, B-squared NFL Awards. Jake, bring the music back up, please. And Ken, let's close out NFL Most Valuable Player, the discussion for this week. Um, a little bit more on Joe Burrow, who remains 50-1. to 1. And Ken, once we get past like the top five or six names atop the board, he he's the one that you really like. If you, if you had to pick someone outside of the guys at the top, am I right in saying that? Right, because it's. I think you can... Uh... You know, it's it's not a conversation really about like what the order should even be right now. Like, yeah, like Mahomes should be the favorite, like Tua and Lamar should kind of be behind him and like Jalen Hurts because they, they have, you know, they have a really good record and Josh Allen a little further back because they've, they've dropped a couple. Like, okay, like is anybody saying that's not what it should be? And you can still say like, well, I think Lamar is going to win. Be like, well, that's great. But like, that's not really what the conversation is about. Because if it's I think this guy's going to win, then it's price irrelevant and you should just bet him every single week and who cares? But like what we're trying to figure out is is there anything that we need to bet before we get into kind of like the nitty gritty of the final seven weeks of the season, six weeks when the winner will actually be determined based on team and player performance. Uh, and you have all the candidates are low priced with really only maybe one exception, which, and people can be like, well, what about Jared Goff? I think last week hurts. I think Dan Campbell would win coach of the year anyway. That was always my philosophy with Jared Goff. So like I have the same one. Trevor Lawrence is like a bit of an interesting discussion because what if like, what if they just keep winning? But Really tough game in Pittsburgh this weekend. I Just like the stat profile isn't there versus some of the other guys like past that. Burrow, to be fair, and you could say like, well, Burrow doesn't have the stat profile either. You're totally right. The price is longer. And I think all I would say is, okay, like all these guys at the top. Great. Makes perfect sense. Wouldn't bet any of them. All of them can win. They're probably even ordered correctly or close to it right now. Is there room for one other name to get into the discussion? It's like the only thing I'm interested in the next two to three weeks. You did a great job pointing out how big a favorite all these guys are in all their games, too. Like, this is a very hold serve kind of a week in this market, and as it is for a couple of the other markets. And if, you know, if Darnold plays and that point spread crashes, then yeah, like if you don't have any Burrow, I'd at least think about it because just play it out, right? Okay, they're more likely to beat San Francisco. If they beat San Francisco, is he 50 to 1 the following week? The answer to that's obviously no. And then it's like, how far does it drop? 25 to 1, 20 to 1. He, if, if Purdy doesn't play, he literally might just switch places with Brock Purdy as the sixth choice in the market. But uh, ahead of McCaffrey, ahead of Trevor Lawrence, ahead of Jared Goff. Okay, like, do you want to bet him for that reason? I don't know if he's going to win. It's a tough road. He's statistically far behind. His team is behind. He's also Joe Burrow. And he might be a legendary player. So I think he's like still the only interesting name until we get later in the year and we can kind of like, there's there's two parts to awards betting, right? One is like obviously wrong stuff that's like gonna change when everyone figures out what's going on. We're past that here. And then the second part is, okay, like when we get to week 12 and week 14 and we get polling and now there's only a few games left, can we make a really smart choice among a couple low priced guys that we like one and we don't like the other? We're not there yet. So we're kind of in this like transition period between those two things. We kind of know who the good players are. 
and we haven't had any polling and we're not late in the year yet. So now we're in the in-between time, which is like, can anyone else join the discussion? And if the answer is no, then you keep kicking the can down the road on betting this until we get to kind of the second phase that I talked about. All right. Uh, let's go to, we're good on MVP. Anything else on MVP? Oh, yeah, you want to do offensive player? All right, no, let's go to we can do offensive, player, let's do offensive player. Yeah. So where we have some breaking news, um, and like for people that, that listened to and watched yesterday's show, we appreciate it. Uh, it seemed like, based on insider tweets and what Tua Tungavailoa said, that we were not going to get Tyreek Hill on the field on Sunday for the Miami Dolphins. And look, maybe Tyreek is, is still hurt, and maybe he's not at 100%. But Tyreek is practicing. This is happening in real time, literally right now. Right now. Tyreek Hill is practicing and has told reporters that he is going to play in the game. So there you have it. As the Tyreek Hill, as, as, as like the world turns, Tyreek Hill told reporters he's fine and will be playing on Sunday. So offensive player of the year market obviously impacted by this. Christian McCaffrey, and Ken, you can like speak more to like the timeline here and what you expect to happen. McCaffrey, as of now, is the favorite at plus 135. Tyreek's plus 150. A.J. Brown is 15 to 1. Stephon Diggs is 20. Jamar Chase is 22 to 1. Um, what about Offensive Player of the Year and like this Tyreek Hill saga that's unfolded here over the last like 22 hours or so? Yeah, this was uh, a market that we acted on early. We didn't act on almost any market really early like for you know to try to kind of lock up what we wanted and we did in this one really liked McCaffrey really liked Hill thought they should be the two favorites by far they weren't we bet a lot on them on both of them and we've just been holding and holding and holding and holding and Tyreek's injury had really had a chance to kind of upset the balance here and cause uh, other candidates to become appealing and cause McCaffrey to probably be a very big favorite which I don't love um, because his overall statistical numbers probably won't be amazing at the end of the year they'll just be really good so it's it, we there was there was a chance this whole thing was going to get toppled a little bit and you'd have to make some bets whatever if you're like me and holding both this is the best news you could have possibly received these two will continue to have a stranglehold on this market in terms of their pricing for the time being so if hill plays it's like crisis averted is how i look at it if you have nobody in the market you might be like oh missed opportunity like if hill misses you could have come in and made some bets if you didn't have anything and now that he's playing now we're just kind of status quo here again right where i'll just say like subjectively I think Tyreek is actually quite far ahead versus McCaffrey, because if you project their seasons out, as long as McCaffrey's touchdown streak does not go the entire year, like as long as it ends at some point, then I, I think that Tyreek Hill is like much more likely to have that historic kind of statistical legendary season, like really has a chance to have 2000 receiving yards this year and break Calvin Johnson's single season record again with an extra game. This is going to happen at some point quite soon, whether it's Tyreek or somebody else and the way teams pass now, this is going to happen. And that's like a very easy thing to see coming and it will get him this award as long as Miami isn't like, you know, seven and 10 or something. Uh, McCaffrey, it's like, okay, well, if the touchdown streak ends, can be the leading rusher in the league probably like kenneth walker can still be the leading rusher the couple other guys that could be the leading rusher in the league but like they're probably gonna be mccaffrey it's gonna have like a really good statistical season and they're gonna win a lot of games but like that's different than broke a record like that's different than had a lot of so like to me that's the compelling difference between the two players even like evaluating them way down the road like if you have no money in the market <laughs> if you have no money that's that's tough and i apologize but if you have no money in this market you know eight weeks from now if they're similarly priced and Tyreek's still on pace for 2000, it might be worth you coming in and betting Tyreek for a lot versus McCaffrey. Like if we have no polling, because I really think that that accomplishment of the 2000 yards is going to be worth so much more than whatever McCaffrey's going to do. So, you know, there might've been more to discuss if Tyreek's playing, there's not much to discuss right now. That's just kind of my subjective opinion of like when it becomes those two down the road, if it becomes that, like I would strongly prefer one over the other. You better, you bet with Nick and Ken, tremendous football Thursday, P squared, B squared, NFL awards. 
chatting about Offensive Player of the Year right now. Um, this may be me overthinking it a little bit, but um, I think like a lot of people that play fantasy football will kind of like, and even just if like you would like follow the league, like I think you'll probably agree with this. Um, McCaffrey uh, on Monday night against Minnesota played 100% of the snaps. Kyle Shanahan, and, and look, maybe this is just going to be that they're just going to keep doing this and this is going to be what it is. I would have to imagine, you know, this is where like, I maybe get myself into trouble sometimes. And like, uh, Evan Silva will join us a little later in the show. His podcast co-host, Adam Levitan, says this. That like, if you're, you like, you know, fantasy, props, etc. It's your job to kind of like, what will a coach do as opposed to like what a coach should do? So I kind of think like, you want to keep McCaffrey healthy for the playoffs. Like, you should probably play Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason more. Also, Kyle Shanahan played McCaffrey 100% of the snaps on Monday night. So I feel like at some point they're going to dial this back a little bit with the with the goal of keeping McCaffrey healthy. Although they're not doing that, so maybe it just won't happen. And and, and, and I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, last note here on Offensive Player of the Year, Ken. Sure. Uh, we talked about McCaffrey and Tyreek. Anything on A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Jamar Chase that's noteworthy here? The other three players, and if not, we can move on. I think... Uh... AJ Brown is an interesting candidate. Evan Silva came on and, and talked about him 40 to 1 last week, and now he's 15 to 1. So, like, Evan gets credit for identifying like a buy point on a player who then had a really big game against Miami and whose price has dropped as a result. Just the problem with AJ Brown is like, I find it very unlikely he's ever going to get close to Tyreek Hill unless Tyreek Hill misses time, which is why the Tyreek Hill injury was like very potentially interesting. If you tell me Tyreek plays every game, I never want AJ Brown in this conversation. I'm always going to want Tyreek Hill instead. His potential to have like a historic season is better than AJ Brown. But honestly, like AJ Brown and McCaffrey are both kind of the same player to me where like they can be really, 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 really good, but not record breaking. Like Tyreek Hill is the only player in the market that can be record breaking. So like that's the guy I want in this market. This award always goes to someone who breaks records if there are records to be broken. So like, and if they're not, then we can have that conversation about like, well, who's just the best guy if none of them get there. But like Tyreek's the guy who can get there. So I'm always going to want him. Now, if he pulls up lame and misses some time and AJ Brown, and to be fair to AJ Brown, big, big Matt Washington secondary this week. So if you're like, where's the price going? You know, Chase has got to play San Francisco. And I know we kind of like people have been taking, you know, knocks at San Francisco's defense. I think we could all agree that's a tougher matchup than Washington's secondary. And like Buffalo plays tonight against Tampa. Like, okay, home game. Like Diggs probably has the chance to have like a pretty good game, but AJ Brown is the best potential matchup of the three. So it's like, all right, price drop wise. Okay, like you could bet AJ Brown because he's playing Washington and the price is going to drop. But when push comes to shove, like, am I ever going to want him against Tyreek if Tyreek's healthy? I just have a hard time making that case. So it's kind of the difference between, like, better price because you think it's going to drop or, like, just do you feel like you know something at the end of the year about how two players are going to match up? That's what makes this kind of fun and, and a little difficult. You mentioned, like, the matchup for A.J. Brown against the Commanders. He did have nine for 175 and two touchdowns when they played earlier in the year. At some point, though, like... Devontae Smith is going to have a big game because it's what always happens. Goddard could have a big game also. Think about what Darren Waller did last week to this to this commander's defense. Like, this could be a Goddard week. I, I kind of find it hard to believe that A.J. Brown's just going to keep rolling out of bed and doing this week in and week out. It's not a knock on him. There's too many mouths to feed in this offense for Philadelphia. Maybe it keeps happening. I'm a little skeptical that Brown could keep putting up these kinds of numbers in the Eagles offense. All right, I guess we don't have time to do Defensive Player of the Year. We can do that a little later, though. And it's okay. We're very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd argue we're doing great. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Trying to think, Never better. Trying to think if I have another award take that's like from a non, like a non-NFL award take. 
we tweet we clipped off Cade most improved already which to be fair like i didn't bet but i think he's like way more interesting than a lot of the other contenders uh is there anything else that's interesting not sure uh hour one done hour two for you coming up in the other side adam chernoff starts it out right after this